after years as a pediatric nurse, I thought I was so ready for motherhood. <laughs> yes, we can all take a collective laugh at my naivete now. Don't worry, I have. In today's world, we're pressured to keep it all together as at an all-time high, and true community is increasingly harder to find. Where can we turn to for support, guidance, or just a plain chat about the real stuff? This podcast aims to be just that, community, education, and a real combo on all things parenting. So come take a seat at my kitchen table. We're all family here, and we hold nothing back. My name is Jordan, and this is the Supportive Parenthood RM Podcast. Society tells us a lot of things we should do before we have kids or when we find out we're pregnant. Things like start a college savings fund, buy a bunch of organic cotton baby clothes, and choose an exercise program that will help you get your body back. Blech. None of which are actually all that helpful. What about preparing yourself for having all your trauma resurface in motherhood or how to assess your priorities so you can maintain a lifestyle you enjoy with kids? How about we discuss those things with parents-to-be? In this episode, I'll be discussing how to get your body physically ready for pregnancy, birth, and beyond, and how to get your mind in a good headspace to tackle postpartum. I think one of the biggest pieces of advice I can give for before having children is to get any chronic issues addressed and controlled before getting pregnant. Maternal mortality in America is increasing, and it's in part to the fact that chronic health issues such as hypertension, heart disease, type 2 diabetes, and so on are on the rise, which puts a mother at higher risk for complications in pregnancy and postpartum period. Pregnancy is a huge stressor on the body, so if you have poorly controlled chronic health issues, pregnancy will only exacerbate. If you know you want children, work on your health first and foremost to give both you and your child the best chance at a healthy start. I personally worked with a nutrition coach prior to getting pregnant, and I'm actually convinced that this is the only reason I could get pregnant, because I got my body in order. We worked on what I consider the big four, which is hydration, exercise, nutrition, and sleep. Creating good habits in these four areas will set you up for your best shot at a healthy pregnancy and postpartum recovery. If you don't create healthy habits before your children, you won't have the tools to maintain them after your baby arrives. Your body and life go through a major transition in the postpartum phase, and you'll be so focused on your new child that you are not going to have the time and space to be learning new healthy habits. That's why I suggest doing this work before kids, because then you'll just have to transition those habits to include your children, but you'll already have the motivation, the tools, and the practices built into your life and priorities. It's honestly amazing how something as simple as hydration is a learned habit. I had to work for a few months on some serious consciousness before I was able to adequately hydrate myself as a part of my unconscious daily routine. Part of the problem is I hated water, so I had to learn how to like it. Um, But it took me a little bit to truly integrate this to becoming second nature. In postpartum, you are learning how to function and take care of yourself and a baby. You won't have the energy to be learning a new habit, even something as small as proper hydration, which is vital if you are breastfeeding. So all in all, focusing on good habit forming with sleep, nutrition, exercise, and hydration before baby will make it that much easier on your body to handle these massive physical stressors. I do want to mention that a healthy body is individual. 
I have an autoimmune disorder, so my body has limitations on what it can do. And I firmly believe that as long as we create sustainable and healthy habits and treat our body right, that our body will meet us where we're at. And that might not look like someone else's version of healthy, but as long as you're taking care of yourself, then you know that you're doing your best for your body. Now, I want to do a small tangent here. I don't touch much on pregnancy and childbirth itself because there are so many resources out there, but I do want to touch on birth really quick. I want every mother out there to know that you have options and power over your birth. In America, we are told that the best and safest place to give birth is in the highly medicalized environment of a hospital with an OBGYN. But if you are not a high-risk pregnancy, that isn't necessarily the case. I highly suggest exploring multiple options and doing research as soon, as soon as you find out you're pregnant, or even before. There is a lot to think about and learn surrounding childbirth, so starting when you find out you're pregnant will give you adequate time to educate yourself and figure out how you feel on issues and specific practices. It is important to discern your desires for your labor because your labor can make or break you at the beginning of your parenthood experience. Birth trauma is real, but it can largely be prevented by being informed and being a fierce advocate for yourself. I myself had a hospital birth. I actually had a very traumatic birth, one which I will share at a later date because it's the precipitating event that led me down the road that I'm currently on. Um, But it could have gone differently. I've also attended multiple births in-house as a nurse and have seen how a lack of knowing options have affected mothers. You have a variety of choices ahead of you on how you want to deliver your baby. And I will tell you this right now, if you do it away from the quote-unquote norm, even as something as small as not laboring on your back, you will get a lot of pushback. I do want to prepare you for that. With that in mind, I implore you to do your own research and stand firm in your convictions. Your birth is yours, no one else's. We are trained to trust doctors over everything, but I firmly believe that we don't trust mothers enough. You know your body, you know your baby, and you know your convictions, and nothing is wrong with standing by them for yourself and your children. If anyone wants more resources on where to start doing labor research or alternatives to a medicalized birth, please don't hesitate to reach out because I have plenty of them. (laughs) All right. Next, we will go into the mental and intangible realm of things you need to at least think about or be prepared to face whenever you have children. I'm going to be very blunt. Motherhood is a mirror and it is radically transformative. I was not prepared for how motherhood would fundamentally change who I was. It was very surprising how my priorities, my desires, and certain parts of my personality completely changed once I became a mother. This can be positive. For example, I'm more patient than I ever thought possible, which if anyone knows me, that was very surprising. (laughs) I am more present joyful and happier in everyday life. Becoming a mother pushed and expanded everything I thought I was and remolded me into a better version of myself in just about every single way. However, on the negative side, this also means that everything you have repressed or ignored inside of yourself will come out to play. Any trauma, any fears, any feelings of inadequacy, Any poor coping mechanisms will all be exacerbated when you have children if you do not do at least some internal work beforehand. 
I wholeheartedly suggest going to therapy. There is going to be an entire month dedicated to maternal perinatal mental health. And in that month, I will make an entire blog post on therapy options and resources because there are a lot of accessible ways to go to therapy nowadays that I'm not sure people are aware of. You don't have to have any kind of diagnosed mental illness to go to therapy. Simply doing a deep dive into your head and working on refining or building healthy coping mechanisms and resiliency is important. I say this having not done it myself before children. I didn't go to therapy until right around when my daughter was about two, but let me tell you, it changed my life. Anyone that's talked to me in the last eight months (laughs) at some point has heard me talk about how therapy is the best thing that I've ever done. (laughs) So I definitely am biased. I'm a naturally introspective person, but I even got to a point where I could tell I was having certain patterns and thought patterns and coping mechanisms that I could understand were not beneficial to me, but I couldn't quite figure out how to fix it on my own. But simply having an outside perspective that had no personal investment in me that could be an objective, non-judgmental, safe place truly helped me go deeper into myself and tackle issues that I never thought possible. Plus, establishing a relationship with a therapist or counselor before you have your baby will be helpful for navigating that transition. I honestly believe that a spot of therapy is beneficial to literally every human. We all have our shit that needs to be worked on. And truly having that outside, non-judgmental perspective can be so helpful in shining a light in our dark places. Doing this before you become a parent is helpful because you'll not only have worked on improving your coping mechanisms, but I also think it makes people just naturally a bit more introspective and aware. So when you have kids and find yourself triggered by behaviors or situations, you'll be able to work through them instead of having it build or it being taken out on your child. For example, even something as simple, I say simple, not really simple at all, um, but something as simple as body image issues. The intense desire to shield my daughter from ever having the deep hatred towards her body that I do my own has led to many conversations with my husband on how we talk about food and bodies in our house. And some of these at first were very passionate and defensive on my part because this topic evoked a lot of strong emotions in me. Having a daughter brought these issues up, and it took me a little bit to be able to approach them calmly and rationally enough that I could articulate concrete ways I wanted to parent with my husband to make sure we don't unconsciously instill body image issues in our house. So it doesn't have to be any intense or profound trauma you have to work through. Any and all sorts of issues you have will be uncovered in parenthood. Along with being intangibly transformative, I wasn't quite prepared for how my body would permanently change. Not just in the way that we always focus on the belly, which is indeed permanently different, but it was more things like how my lower back to this day has weak spots that I have to focus on supporting because it's prone to injury. For the first 18 months postpartum, I couldn't lay flat on my back without having someone to have to physically roll me over onto my side to get up because my lower back was so out of whack that if I tried to do it on my own, I would get hurt. Pregnancy brain is tough, but mom brain is, in my opinion, much worse, and it never goes away. No one told me that. 
I used to have a stellar memory. Now I have to write everything down because I have so many things running through my head at any given moment that I have an absolutely deplorable memory now. And that was a surprisingly hard thing to admit and adjust to. I'm distracted easier. I have a hard time focusing and I'm more forgetful. And it all comes down to the fact that I have so much more on my mind than I used to. And I only have so much brain space. I also wasn't quite prepared for the intense physical reaction I'd have to my child. When she cries, when she gets hurt, when she even makes a brush with an injury. Like yesterday, I was gardening, set my shears down on the ground, turned for five seconds, and she was holding them. I have a visceral reaction to these moments. Anytime my child gets truly hurt, The adrenaline spike that goes through me is intense and sometimes terrifying. Then after everything is fine, I usually have to have a good cry to release that energy because holy crap, it is a ride. That deep physical connection you have with your children, I think is surprising. When I'm having a terrible day, getting a snuggle from my daughter can physically calm my anxiety like nothing else. But on the flip side, when she's sick or in pain or is just in an off mood, I feel it. I physically feel it. So that is a very surprising thing that I would have liked to have felt at least a little bit prepared for. Because at first I thought I was crazy for having such intense adrenaline spikes to to anything that hurt her. Like I nipped her finger uh, the first time I ever tried to cut her fingernails. And so she bled a tiny bit and I had a complete breakdown. Like I was nauseous and I was sweating and I was bawling my eyes out because my child had a spot of blood on her finger and it made her cry for like a minute. I was not prepared for that intense physical reaction. So just letting you know right now, that is a thing that can happen. I digress. People focus so much on how a baby grows and develops that they forget to focus on how mom grows and develops too. You will meet an entirely new person and body when you have that child, and that person is you. You will undergo transformation. You will have a new body to learn. You will be stumbling through learning how to parent right alongside your child stumbling through learning how to be a human. Never forget that you are learning all of this too. The biggest, most intimidating, most important, and hardest job anyone can ever have is being a parent, and we are thrust into it with absolutely no experience. So be prepared to fail, have no idea what you're doing, and most of all, be prepared to give yourself grace and celebrate your learning curve. I do want to be honest here. And I hesitate to say this because I don't want to scare anyone, but it's probably one of the truest statements about motherhood I've ever heard. When my daughter was about two weeks old, I had lunch with one of my oldest friends who had a two and a half year old daughter at the time. And she told me, it'll take about 18 months before you feel like yourself again. And at that time, I was like, what the hell? But she was right. And I appreciated her saying this because when I was in the thick of things, I remembered those words and they gave me hope. Hope that one day I would feel like myself again, and that even though my daughter was nine months or 12 months or 14 months, and I still felt not quite myself, or like I hadn't quite gotten the hang of things, that this was okay, and I wasn't dysfunctional. So here I am telling you, mamas, I know 18 months sounds like a long time, and it can feel that way too, but I remember the moment that I was like, holy shit, she was right. It was a spring day, 
and I had done my hair and I had put on a dress and I had taken my daughter out to lunch in the park all by myself. And I remember at one point taking a deep breath and all of a sudden it hit me that it was one of the first moments that I felt truly connected to the quote unquote old me. And my daughter was, you guessed it, 18 months old. (laughs) When I had that moment of realization, I literally laughed out loud. So I want to pass on that statement to you guys in mental preparation for the fact that you are going to meet an entirely new person. You are going to feel very disconnected from who you were before children, but you will get back to a place where you recognize yourself. And it might take a lot longer than you think, but that is not meaning that something is wrong with you or that you're doing something wrong or that you will never feel like yourself again. Yes, you will change. You are going to be a new person. You are never going to be the exact same version of yourself pre-parenthood, but I believe that's a good thing. But regardless, you will get to a point where you look at yourself in the mirror and you go, oh, there you are. Next, I think it's important to assess your priorities. What are some things you want to maintain in your life and how will having kids affect that? What sort of changes will you have to make to accommodate maintaining that priority? I think sometimes people fall into two camps. Either they subscribe to the thought that your life is completely over once you have kids, or they're a bit naive and think that nothing will change. I wrote an entire blog post on this, but I need to say this out loud. Your life does not end when you have kids. You are able to travel, hike, explore new passions, maintain a sense of identity, and stay sane as long as you assess your priorities, remain flexible, have realistic expectations, and are patient when faced with different situations. If you have that, then you can generally incorporate your children into the things you love most. It takes work and it will look different than pre-kids, but just because your life looks different doesn't mean it has to be void of what you enjoy. Children are more flexible than we give them credit for as long as we give them a chance to exercise that skill. And being honest with yourself about what's most important to you, what's okay to let go of, and what your limitations are, you can start to figure out how to readjust your life into one you love with kids. This goes for big things like travel and small daily lifestyle. For example, I am a night owl. I will never, ever be the kind of person that gets up at the butt crack of dawn to be super mom, unless I have some kind of weird insomnia issues going on, which quite frankly happens a lot, but I am honest about that. So I have adjusted my child's schedule to accommodate this limitation. She goes to bed around 10 p.m. and wakes up around 9.30 a.m., and this works for us. And when the time comes for her to go to school and her sleep schedule adjusts for that, my husband, who is a morning person, will be shit out of luck because I will not be getting up at 6 a.m. on weekends with a five-year-old. I obviously have had to make adjustments to my sleep schedule, but I didn't radically change it because this for me is both a limitation and a priority. At the age of 26, I was not about to completely change something that had been fundamental about me since I was a baby. My mother put me to bed at midnight and I woke up at 8 a.m. as an infant. I've just always naturally been a night person. I mean, that's the whole reason I love night shift and continue to work it to this day. Most people look at me like I'm crazy when I seldomly (laughs) admit that my toddler goes to bed at 10 p.m., but she gets adequate sleep and it works for our family. 
I am a better mother because I get to sleep in and stay up later, thus accommodating my natural circadian rhythm. By really sitting with yourself and determining the things that are most important to you will help you start the process of figuring out how to incorporate children into those priorities. Plus, I feel like doing this helps keep a resolve to maintain the things that are paramount to your happiness and identity. I'm a naturally spontaneous person, so parenthood has been a bit hard on me in that aspect because kids take planning. But forethought and planning helps with flexibility and expanding your life to include children. Also, taking a good stock of your lifestyle and mentally preparing yourself for the things that must change, while also figuring out the things like my night owl tendencies that you can accommodate your child to, is helpful so everything isn't such a big shock when the baby comes. Now, all of that with the caveat that your life will be completely upended in the beginning of your postpartum phase. It is important to have realistic expectations in parenthood. Those first few months are a massive transition, and understanding this and preparing yourself for this is important because sometimes it's hard to see past that transition period, and you'll start to wonder if your life will ever look like it used to, and you'll think, what the hell did I do having kids? And that's normal. And yes, your life will look more like it used to. You will be able to maintain your priorities, just not immediately, and that's okay. It's also okay to have moments of panic and postpartum and thoughts like, I did not sign up for this, or "Mm, can I just stick them back inside me now? When you're in the thick of those hormones, the sleep deprivation, the pressure of having to take care of an entire human being, it's normal to feel overwhelmed, and you're not a bad parent for feeling this way. One tangible thing I can offer is to make yourself little notes before giving birth. When you're in a clear headspace, write down little love notes, things like, this too shall pass. You're doing a great job. Postpartum isn't forever. All your baby needs is love. You need rest too. Don't forget to take care of yourself. Look at you go badass. Making notes of encouragement to yourself. So in those moments when you wonder if you have what it takes to make it to the next second, you can pull out your notes and know that everything you need is already inside of you. I have an entire episode coming out about the immediate postpartum phase that touches more on the shock of this transition period and how to cope with that. Those first 12 weeks are truly about healing, learning your new baby, and rest. And knowing this will help mentally coping. All right, last we will touch on creating a support system and communicating what you need and your expectations ahead of time. My next episode, dropping on May 16th, was recorded with my husband, and we will discuss how to prepare your partner for parenthood, so be sure to tune back in and check that out. It's basically the sister episode to this one. Partner prepping aside, collecting and preparing your support system is important. Figuring out if family will come and visit after the baby is born, for how long, and what will their role be. Who do you want closest to you in postpartum? Do you want it to be a lot of just you and your new nuclear family time? Or do you want extended family to be heavily involved? It pays to start thinking about childcare and family involvement and all that kind of stuff ahead of time. Reach out to your friends and tell them what you'll need from them. Like, hey, get me out of the house once a week, please. Or after the first couple weeks of settling in, I'd love it if you came over for a snuggly movie night. 
People naturally want to be there for new parents, but often don't know how to do so. Giving out tangible requests helps keep your support system involved. And if you do some of this before the baby, it'll help lessen the pressure off you when you're exhausted and don't have the mental energy to ask for specific help. People love being given jobs, so give them jobs. On that same note, discern who you trust most. Pick two or three people whose advice or opinions you trust and go to those people when you have a question or need help. If you ask too many people, you're going to be inundated with so many conflicting pieces of advice that you're going to feel no better than once you started. Think about who around you your parenting style is most like yours or most like what you want to be yours, who aligns best with your approach to life and medicine and philosophies, and who you trust to always have your best interest in mind. Pick those people and ignore the rest because everyone, everyone has an opinion on children. (laughs) Becoming a parent is one of the most incredible blessings this universe has to offer. But part of the reason that it is such a blessing is because it is deeply transformative and challenging. Doing a bit of work before meeting your newest addition can help make this transition easier. Not sure if people are aware of this, but I also have a blog where I post more concrete tips and tricks. Be sure to check out this week's blog post for my tangible tips on how to make the transition to postpartum easier. This includes recovery kits, newborn essentials packs, and when to have your nursery done and hospital bag packed according to a NICU nurse. Trust me, it's earlier than you think. This post will be published on Thursday and you can find it on my website, supportedparenthoodrn.com.